0: Ba-da-da-da-da. Christmas is here, Christmas bring good cheer is here. To young and old, bringing to the young and the old. Oh, how they pound, oh, raising the sound, oh, or hell and dale, telling the tell, tale, gaily they ring. While people and sing songs of the cheer, Christmas is here. Merry, 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 merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry merry, 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 merry
1: bad. I, that's what, one of the things I always love about Christmas is I get this every service, which is fantastic. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for joining us, and we are so excited about this opportunity all month long that we've had here at K2 to be thinking about a very popular theme in Christmas, and that is Peace. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. And, um, but at K2, I just wanted, before we jump in, just uh, we have this little mantra that we've had for 10 years, and that is that we're focused and tight and out there. And simply what that means is we are seeking to be focused in our attention and our devotion on Jesus. We're seeking to have a tight community that really loves each other, and we want to be out there. And so I want to make you aware of uh, what we call here at K2, Levolution. And a few years ago, we came up with this term where we wanted to take Christmas and just turn it upside down. And get rid of the consumerism and actually make sure that we are always thinking about those who are in need. And so this year at K2, we have three organizations that we're sponsoring. Uh, Two of those, one is a uh, church down in Honduras where we go regularly every year and just feed children every single day. And for many kids, it's the only meal that they get for the day. And so, um, a second one is uh, Kids Feeding Kids, where we are an organization uh, where we come together and we pack up food that goes around the world. In February, we're going to be packing 200,000 meals, okay? And we are really excited about that opportunity, and you can help support that. The third one is a gentleman in our church who is from India, um, who, who went on a trip there this last year and discovered unbelievable number of families who just don't have clean water. And so there's three different opportunities. And if you would like to participate with us, you can go back in the lobby after the service. There's a Love Evolution uh, brochure. And you can either go on our website or uh, just put a check in an envelope. But we just want to make sure that uh, here at K2 that our Christmas, part of that, is not just the peace that we receive and the joy that we receive, but also spreading that out around the world. And we'd love to have you join us. So one of the things that we acknowledged uh, that's kind of interesting about Christmas being about peace is that in our culture, Christmas is pretty much anything but peaceful. Isn't that true? So it's been a crazy month, I'm sure, for all of us, and now we're finally getting to that point where tomorrow we'll be able to settle down. I've told everybody, it's like, I'll do anything tomorrow as long as I can do it in my pajamas. Right? That's it. So if I have to stay home and enjoy, and by the way, are you anybody else excited that we have a 100% chance of snow? Yeah! Bring it on. Man, I'm from Michigan. What is up with this? Getting my Christmas tree in my shorts. That's just wrong. I remember I had one time back in Michigan when I was, I don't know, about eight or nine, and it was green just like this the whole time, and woke up in the morning to a white bed of snow. Man, I'm hoping that's what happens for my kids. This will be great, or at least this big kid. But um, you know, in the midst of all this, we do know it's kind of crazy. I, one of my friends, John, I heard him tell the story. Uh, he had a buddy who was flying back for family, to be with family for Christmas. And um, he had two, was flying back with two young children under the age of three. Can anybody say lack of peace? Right? How many of you have flown in an airplane with kids under the uh, age of three? Yeah, this is a... So you guys know what this was about, right? So they actually went to the final row in the plane, row 31. So they would be away from as many people as possible. And sure enough, most of the flight was filled with... You know, by the time it was over, there were cracker crumbs all over the place and stinky diapers. And there had been screaming and yelling the whole time. They knew it got bad when the flight attendant came to them and asked if their kids could play outside for a little while. So... So by the end of the flight, the guy sitting in front of him turned around and, and looked at him and said, so are these your two kids? And he said, yeah, I'm so sorry, they're mine. He goes, no. He goes, um, my wife and I wish we had two kids. And so it hit him right in that moment, right, as I think it would most of us, that we're always looking to try to change our circumstances around us, and yet we miss the blessings that we have in life. So this, he looked back at the gentleman and he said, so your wife and you guys don't have, um, you guys don't have two kids? And he goes, no, um, we have five. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd do anything to have two. <laughs> now, we're going to go just a little deeper than that today. But as we try to get some peace in our life, And as we think about this, this, this moment, um, we're just going to let a a really cool kind of just display of scripture, of just let God speak to us and reveal to us the beauty of peace for us for Christmas. So let's watch this and then we'll dive in.
2: Anxious, experiencing worry, unease or nervousness, concerned, apprehensive, fearful, While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace freedom from disturbance, quiet, tranquility, mental calm, serenity. The Virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, With thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace. The absence of fear and anxiety. The presence of God. Emmanuel. God with us.
1: You know, it's pretty easy. I mean, all, all month long as we've been looking at this topic, <clears throat> hands go up very quickly. We, I mean, we all want peace. Um, it was interesting, as I was uh, studying this week, I pulled up Bible Gateway. It's a, it's a great website, by the way, if you don't know that, BibleGateway.com. And I, I pulled it up, and at the very top, they had check and see which passages of Scripture, scripture were most popular in 2014. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I clicked on the little tab, and sure enough, they showed up, a grid came up on the screen, and it was every chapter of the Bible. And the more people searched a certain verse in a book of the Bible, that book would turn a darker color. And so you could see the real popular chapters in every book in the Bible that people were looking for. So I scrolled down a little bit farther, and it said, here are the top 50 verses that were searched Millions and millions of people right, throughout a whole year on this website. And here were the top verses. Let me just ask you if anybody knows what the first one was. What would you think was the most popular verse that was, that was searched? Anybody? Yeah, John 3.16. Right, so for God so loved who? The world. the world. This is Christmas, you guys. For God so loved you that he gave. There's Christmas. He gave. We go with the gift thing. But he gave his one and only son, so that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, but would have eternal life. And then I look down, look at these next top, the next five verses, a little apropos for today. The next one was John uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Why are people searching that one? Right, because we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and we're nervous about our future and we need a little bit of peace. Second verse. Philippians 4:13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Why are we searching that one? Because there's sometimes we find ourselves, I can't do this, right? And you want some peace and you're hoping that maybe there's a God who can strengthen you to do what you want to do. Third one. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Crazy important verse in scripture. And we search that one because stuff just happens that we don't like or we don't understand and we want to know what's going on and we need to know that there is a God who can actually work for the good in anything, no matter what's going on. Fourth one, even though I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Sometimes it's not just frustration or difficulty. It's like a valley of a shadow of death. Fourth most important verse, people are checking. I need to know, is there a God who could give me peace in my darkest days? And the fifth one, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Millions of people throughout a year, and the top five verses all have to do with peace We need peace Now that shouldn't surprise us as we shared a few weeks ago even the medical community knows now today that the number one mental disorder in America is anxiety disorder That's the biggest issue that we're struggling with anxiety and fear in our culture but it isn't just our culture because from the beginning of time from Genesis to Revelation God has commanded one thing more than anything else in the Bible Do not fear isn't it interesting that our greatest need, apparently, is to find some peace in this world? And the greatest thing that God is telling us, not his greatest command, is don't be afraid. <laughs> what God brings and what our biggest need, they come together at Christmas. Peace on earth to men with whom. God is pleased, God is delighted, God loved the world. So I just want to let you know today, no matter who you are, no matter what your situation is, there's no question that every one of us in this room, maybe some of you are doing fantastic right now, but almost everybody in this room has some level of anxiety or some level of fear. For some of you, it's just kind of bothering you. For some of you, you're all the way over here and it's paralyzing you. But here's the good news of Christmas. Peace on earth. To you. In Isaiah, a prophecy, it said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness, which means the shadow of death, feeling that weight, that darkness, a light has dawned. Why? Because to us, a child has been born. To us, a son is given and the governance will be on his shoulders And he will be called the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And what's so cool is that was written like hundreds of years before Jesus Christ was ever born. And then right before Jesus was born, Zechariah, John the Baptist's dad, did a prophecy over him, over John the Baptist. And here's what he said. You, my child, John, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins because, the, because of the tender mercy of God. And I love this next phrase. By which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the path of peace. Isn't that beautiful? What a beautiful picture. Isn't it interesting, interesting, too, right? That the shepherds, it was at night when the angels came. It was at night when Jesus was born. And was that a coincidence or was it because he just wanted to remind everybody if you're in darkness, a light will come like the dawn and eventually overtake your fear. So here's what I'd like to do before I jump into a passage I want to share with you today. Would you just think about what is it that you're anxious about today? What'd you walk in here with? What type of fear or that's crippling you or disturbing your peace? And again, is it your, you know, when we did this a month ago and we asked all of you guys to write these down, the top ones were finances and work and family and relational conflict and health So what is it? And here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray. And would you just pray too? Would you just open up your heart again tonight? And would you just say, Jesus, it does feel dark. It does feel heavy. Could you come like the light, like dawn, and just overtake my fear? Could you bring peace into my anxiety? It is what Christmas was for, all right? Let's pray. Father, we worship you we really do. In the midst of all of our business, we've taken out this hour to be with you, to remind ourselves of what this is all about, that a Savior has been born to us. A Savior. You've come to rescue us, and you've come as the Prince, as the Ruler of Peace. Lord, you know every heart in this room, you know what everybody needs to hear. As I just share this word from you to all of us today, would you take it through your Holy Spirit? And minister your grace and your peace to each person. Touch them. Be the light that overcomes their darkness. And we pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So I'm going to look at uh, that fifth passage, the most, fifth most popular passage that everybody searched after this year. I would say it's probably the most pa- popular passage on peace as a Christian that we go to. In fact, I just want to tell you, if you're a Christian at all, if you've been a Christian for very long, eventually you're going to know this passage, okay? It's one of those that we memorize and we do because it's so important. It's so helpful, okay? So it's Philippians chapter four, starting with verse four, going through nine. It'll be on here on the screen if you didn't bring your Bible tonight. Starts off very Christmassy, right? Rejoice. (laughs) Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. Always. That's not so easy, I say it again because I know you're probably not going to believe me. <laughs> Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it's beyond our ability to, to grasp, it'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Awesome promise. So let's tear this apart, okay? And I I want to tell you, it was really interesting. I set aside all day Monday, right, just to prepare for this message. Got up early, and I was ready, and I prayed all up, and I just had a horrible day. Anybody else have one of those (laughs) horrible day? I mean, I I just I had a heaviness over my heart all the time, and I I don't know, you guys ever have these days where you don't even know why, and it's just like you just feel anxious. You got this. I, I was studying, I'm in the Word, I'm praying, and I got nothing. It was horrible. So then I wake up Tuesday morning, and I sit down with God, and I'm like, well, what was that all about? I got to like, this is Christmas Eve. I need a message, you know? People are coming. They want to hear from you. I got nothing to say. And I sat there before him, and this is no lie. In the next, like, 30 seconds, I feel like he just went, here you go. And he totally laid a message in my lap. Is anybody else's walk with Jesus this crazy? I, I tell you, I cannot figure him out. I feel like on Monday he's going, all right, let's see you struggle. And then on Tuesday, he's like, here you go. But here's what's interesting. I'm going to share with you what I needed on Monday. And I think I'm going to use this for the rest of my life. And it's an acronym. Now, if you guys have been here for 10 years with us at K2, you know I don't use acronyms a whole lot, right? Because sometimes I think people try to force acronyms and messages, and then they can be kind of cheesy. Anybody else agree? So, but sometimes acronyms are really helpful. And I'm hoping this one will be. And it's an acronym simply for the word rest. Let's all say that word together. Okay, see, rest doesn't work. It's rest, right? (laughs) Like, that's a word that should sound like it feels, not rest. It's like rest, okay? So, but these four letters, R-E-S-T, are right in this passage. And I'm hoping next time, and I'm hoping for you, that maybe you'll be able to go out and grab onto this And the next time anxiety starts to cripple you or fear starts to overwhelm you, you can know because of Christmas, because of the Prince of Peace, that your heart can be at rest. Here's the R. We need to receive Jesus. Let's all just say that together so we can kind of get this. Let's receive Jesus. Now, who is he? If you're gonna receive him, what is he? He is the Prince of Peace. And right after it says that, it says that his government and its peace will never end. Now and don't get politics involved here, okay? Cuz really the word there it just means to rule. So in other words, Jesus as a prince, as the king of kings, lord of lords, when he rules, there is peace and it will not end. So I think, why? And this was in our message a few weeks ago. You can listen to it online if you'd like uh, when we talked about the Prince of Peace. The other three names were what? He's a wonderful counselor. So when are we anxious? Because I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And he's the wonderful counselor. As God, he knows everything. And he offers that to us as the Prince of Peace. He's then, the second name, he's the mighty God. Which means he has all power. There's no person there's nothing that goes on on this planet that God doesn't have power. So he can protect. He can watch over. So we have a God who's a wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And the third thing is he's the everlasting Father, which means he has a love for you that never ends. It is, as I love how the Old Testament often calls it an unfailing love. See, that's the Prince of Peace. And so if we receive Jesus, then we receive this m- wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. Now, in Philippians 4, it says rejoice all the time. Yeah, right. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Why? Let your, evidence, let your gentleness be evident. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Near. He's close. What was his name going to be? Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So, let me illustrate it this way. When I was a kid, I was probably about twelve years old or so. I was babysitting for my younger brother Mike and Amy. And uh, and if you're visiting, I've shared this before, but I grew up in Michigan, uh, out in the woods. My dad built our house on seven acres in the middle of a wooded area. So when it was night out there, again, it was just really scary, okay? So I was babysitting, and the phone rang. So I go over, and I grab the phone, and I go, hello. And on the other line, I hear, hello, is your dad there? And I go, no. And I'm like, okay, I'm 12 years old, and I'm freaking. So I go, and I try to act tough for my brother and sister, you know, and inside I'm like, a half hour later, the phone rings. Pick it up. Hello? Hello? Hello, is your dad home yet? No, who is this? And he hits the Okay, he's coming to get me. Every, you know, I haven't even seen horror movies, but I know this is what's going to happen, right? He's coming. He's going to break through. I freak out. I call our neighbors, Bill and Joanne running. They come over to our house. Half hour later, the phone rings. Bill answers the phone. Hello? Who is this? What are you doing? He starts yelling at the guy, and the guy hung up. Okay, so something freaky's going on. My mom and dad finally make it home. We tell them the story. The rest of the week... Two more times, this phone call comes. I answer it once. The, my mom answers it once. My dad's never home. Finally, it's Sunday afternoon after church, and we're having lunch. And the phone rings. And I run and I go get it. And it's like, "Hello, hello, is your dad home?" Yes, yes, he is home. Right? I'm like, "Woohoo!" <laughs> and so I run to the kitchen table to get my dad. And go, dad is the guy. It's the guy. <laughs> so my dad goes to get the phone, and we're all sitting around the table, like, "Oh my God, what's gonna happen? Who is it?" <laughs> And uh, my dad comes back, and he's just chuckling, right? And he's got this little grin on his face. And we're like, well, who is it? Who was it? Well, my dad was a phys ed teacher, uh, taught high school. And it was simply a kid who had a learning disability. He goes, this was a sweet kid in my class who just wondered what tennis shoes he was supposed to wear. Yeah. (laughs) Freaked us out for a week. There's two lessons we can learn from this. Studies have shown that 90% of the stuff that we're anxious about never happens. Some of the stuff right now that you are all anxious and you're completely worried about is a sweet kid who wants to know what tennis shoes he's supposed to wear. And you're dying inside. But here's the more important lesson. And I learned this from my kids. They can be so scared, right? When we're not home. Sometimes we'll be out on a date and it's like the texts are coming. When are you coming home? When are you come. We're scared. And as soon as I walk in the door, their fear is gone. Gone. They have no fear. Can I ask you a question? See, when that guy said, is your dad home? No. Is your dad
0: home yet?
1: Yes. Can I ask you a question? Is your dad home? Is your dad home? See, because what God was doing in Christmas is he was saying, you and I are supposed to go through everything together. There's never supposed to be one moment of any day ever that you're on your own. There's not supposed to be any situation, no relationship, no work, no future decision. There's nothing on this planet ever, any moment that you were created to go through alone. And yet when the fearful voice comes to you, is your dad home? Most of us are going, no. It's just me. And I'm trying to figure this thing out and I can't. And I don't know what to do as a dad. And my relationships are falling apart. And my health is disintegrating. And I don't know if I'm going to have a job. Is your dad home? No. And what Christmas was all about was God saying, I'm coming home. And what Jesus said was, I love you. And my father loves you. And if you love us, We will make our home in you. And you guys, Christmas was all about Emmanuel, God with us. The Prince of Peace. The wonderful Counselor with all the answers. The mighty God with all the power. And the everlasting Father with an unfailing love. Right here inside your being. So that no matter what happens on this planet. As Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. And that's why he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Oh, sorry for that. I'll pass out umbrellas later. (laughs) Don't let your hearts be troubled. And we're like, oh, yeah, well, thanks a lot. So here's what I want to tell you. Why did Jesus come? Notice, again, every year we've got to know this. Why, what did the angels say? hey, a really good example is going to come that you guys should try to follow. Good luck on that one. No. Hey, a really good teacher is going to come. He's going to tell you lots of good stuff. True, but that's not what they said. They said, I got really good news for you. A Savior. A Savior is born. Zechariah prophesied to John the Baptist, and he said, what? He said, he's going to give the people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God. So let me just explain to you why this is so important to understand. Because all sin is, you guys, every human being has this thing inside of us. It's a nature that is bent where we say, and I said as I shared last week, where we automatically just go, me over you, God. Me over you. I don't want you to actually be king. I don't want you to actually be prince. I want to control my life. And so kind of what we want is we want to be in control of our life, and we kind of want this little sidekick called Jesus who can just kind of help us out, you know, when things aren't going the way we want them to. But see, here's the problem. Jesus is what? He's the prince, which means he rules. So if you invite Jesus into your life, the only way that he can actually come in is as the one who gets to call the shots. And that's why we don't want him in our life because it's like, well, I want to call the shots. And Jesus is like, no, I don't want to call the shots. And then we fight with him. And so what Jesus did is it says he came to save us from our sin. See, because God wants to enter into your heart, but as long as your heart, as long as you are sitting on the throne of your heart, then he can't come in. Please, listen, this is really true. This is what Jesus came to reveal to us. We love you. We want to give you peace. We want to give you strength and wise counsel and power. But we only can come in as who we are, and that's God. So Jesus came to save us from our sin, and what happens is as soon as that sin gets as soon as you put your faith in Christ and your sin gets forgiven, then God can enter in. And now what you were created for can actually happen. You can walk this life with God. The prince of peace can be with you. And the coolest thing about that, you guys, is peace is always his presence. But the other thing is, The reason we get so anxious and fearful is because we're really actually putting things that we can lose in the place of God. And I'm gonna talk about this a little bit later. But everything that we get anxious about is because it's so important to us and we know we could lose it. We could lose that relationship. We could lose our health. We could lose that job. We could lose our home. We could lose whatever it is. The cool thing about Jesus is you can't lose him. Like once he gets in there and he gets on the throne, he's like, I'll never leave you. I'm the only thing that will never leave you. I'm the only one who will love you in all your mess and all your reality. Every other human on this planet, even the people who love you the best, still have conditions. I have none. So you want rest for your soul? I want rest for my soul. The first thing you got to do is just receive him, you just receive him by faith, and then God is near, and you can rejoice always, now, that's the R, I almost thought about just quitting right there, but I I have these other three points, and other people said I should say them, so I will, (laughs) okay, because, and here's why, because sometimes we receive, I've got him, right, and I had no peace on Monday. How many of you would say, I've done that. I received Jesus, and I got no peace. Anybody? Right? So why is that going on? I think it's the next three letters. We have to learn to E, engage with him. So you can actually receive him into your life and not engage with him. Right? Some of you got married, and now you don't engage with each other. It's the same thing with Jesus. Get him in, but you have to engage with him. That's the E if you want rest. Philippians 4, 6 or 7 says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, I'll just be honest with you. I don't really understand this. But when I get anxious, or I start to get fearful about stuff in my life, I very rarely go to Jesus first. I always try to figure it out. I always try to handle it. I always try to bust my way through. It's hard, actually, to present it to him. And here's what I realized. And many of you know this, right? Because what that scripture just said is, if you present your request to God with petition, right, and thanksgiving, then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it'll guard your heart and your mind. How many of you have presented your request to God and never got the peace? Okay, me. This is going to be helpful. (laughs) Now, I, I, I think all of us know that you have thrown your petition to God. You've laid it out before him, and you never got the peace. Why is that? I think it's because we don't actually engage with him. Let me try real quickly to share with you another story. My daughter, Mariah, when she was born, she was born with a birthmark, a hemangioma. And it just it's arteries that grow out of control. So it's just every day, it got red and bigger and bigger. And what we found is it was growing inside too. And so it was wrapping itself around her optic nerve. So at three months old, we found this out, and we had to do high-dosage steroids to stop the growth to save her sight. Well, what that did is it did a lot of damage to, to her face. And so right from the time she was like three or four years old, um, we discovered a, a surgeon in New York City who specifically worked just with patients who had this issue. So we got him and we had a connection and we got the tickets and we were going to fly to New York. Before we flew, (laughs) the nurses called and said, hey, we just want to prepare you for what this is going to be like. And they just said, you need to know this is really hard. So basically what we're going to do is we're just going to burn off layers of skin off your daughter's face and make it raw. And then your wife will need to hold down your daughter And you have to clean that three times a day. And they just, and then over the phone, they said, and you just need to know, this really hurts. So here I am looking at my three-year-old. And I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Three times a day, we're going to pin her down and then make her scream bloody murder and pain. Anybody else sensing this? I'm like freaking out. And one of my fears was, my daughter, for the rest of her life, she's going to go, no, dad. You know, like, she's going to, this guy is the guy who causes me pain. I literally did. I was freaking out. Here's the funny thing. In our Life Together group, we were studying Philippians. And we got to this passage. And I know this thing, man. I can quote it to you in a second. And I'm presenting my request before God. And I got no peace at all. So finally one morning, I just said, God, what is going on? I go, this surgery's coming up, and I'm dying inside. And this is where the sweetest thing, you guys, about building a relationship with God, it is a relationship. And Jesus said, my children know my voice. And I just felt like God said to me in my heart, David, the reason you don't have peace is because you don't trust me. So I'm thinking about this. Now, now think about the thing you're anxious about. I put my request before God, but what I wasn't doing is actually engaging with him in faith. I couldn't trust him. And when I finally realized that, I am like, I had to go through a process and go, wait a second, God, you love my daughter more than I do. You care for her immensely more. And, and here's what's really hard. I had actually surrendered my own life to Jesus but I hadn't surrendered my daughter's life to Jesus. Any parents know? That's, that's hard. That's harder to do. But in that moment, somehow, by the grace of God, I was able to get to a place where it's like, you know what? No, God, you are a wonderful counselor, almighty, everlasting father. I trust you with my daughter. I trust you. You know what was weird? The next day, I sat down, I had a one-on-one meeting with somebody, and they walked in, and the first thing they said was, hey, so how are you feeling about that uh, surgery coming up? And I never I literally was like, where'd it go? Like the fear was gone. And I'm like, it works! No, this really, this really works. There is a peace that transcends understanding. Yesterday, I didn't have it. Today, I have it. And the only thing I did was get to a place where I finally actually engaged with him. I didn't throw my request at him. I engaged with him. I actually had to trust him. Here's what Jesus said. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And I just want to tell you, man, if you don't trust him, the best thing I found is tell him. If you just tell him, be honest and say, God, here's the truth. I don't trust you. If you're sitting there trying to, if you're, how many of you, it's so crazy. We all try to, like, impress God. Like, hey, God, here I am, you know, and I'm, like, really. No, you're not. You're not fooling him. You're scared to death, and just tell him, I don't trust you. And as soon as you're honest with God, his grace will touch your truth. His grace, an undeserved gift from God of peace, will touch you. So engage with him. Okay, next two, we gotta go quicker. But I'm telling you, if you want rest, receive him and engage with him. The S is step into him. You have to step into him. So Philippians 4.9 says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And here's all I wanna say about this one is I know in the Bible it actually says that our relationship with Jesus is a walk. So that means it's like in every, every step is called a step of faith. And so here we are, and every time I trust Jesus, every time I say yes to him, I actually step with him. So what the Bible says is keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit that he's given us, the Spirit of Peace, since we live that way, then keep in step with him. So every time God says something, I go, oh, okay. And I keep in step with him. But here's what happens is sometimes the prince of peace, who's now reigning in your life, goes, hey, we're going over here. And we go, uh-uh, I'm not going with you. And here's what I know. Many times I don't have his peace, and it's simply because I'm saying no to him. I actually have to put it in to practice. And this is what I've been telling you guys for 10 years. You can come to church, you can learn stuff, you can hear things you like or that you don't like, and it won't matter a hill of beans. It will make no difference in your life. You will never know God until you put it into practice. And here's what's crazy. If the Prince of Peace is saying, here's what I'm asking you to do, then again, you gotta trust him. And you take a step. And as soon as you do, you step into Him. And He is your peace. So I just want to say, some of you right now, I have a feeling God might, the Prince of Peace, Jesus might have taken a step and you're struggling to take it. And tonight He might be simply saying, Come on, just trust me on this one. And if you take it, you'll step into Him. That's your S. Receive Him engage him step into him and the last one is think about him you just we just got to think about him philippians 4 8 says finally brothers whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely if anything is admirable excellent or praiseworthy think about such things now why is this in the middle of talking about anxiety and fear, don't be anxious about anything, why does Paul go, now think about these things? It's pretty obvious, right? Because normally, when a situation happens that brings fear or anxiety to us, what do we do? Oh, we think about things, don't we? But we always think of the worst case scenario. As my friend said, I always go down the road to worst case scenario town. And the next thing that happens if we, is we've come up with all these, well, what if? What if I lose that? Or what if this person doesn't? What, if, this, what if, if I do this? They might not like me. Or what if I do this? I might lose my job. Or what if? And now you're just filled with anxiety and fear. And so what he says is, oh, you're thinking. <laughs> Think about me. Think about what is true. Now, I'm going to share a story with you. It's a fable that I heard like 20 years ago. And it has so stuck with me. I hope it'll stick with you. It's called The Woodcutter's Wisdom. And it's a story about an old gentleman who was really, really poor, had nothing, except a really, really expensive, beautiful, large, white horse. And this horse was so glorious that everybody was envious of it. The poor people wanted it. The king wanted it, right? And so the people of the town would constantly go to this old guy, and they'd say, man, you got to sell this horse. Why are you living in poverty? Because if you sold this horse, you'd have everything that you need. Well, one day the old guy wakes up and somebody stole his horse and it was gone. So the people all came to him and they said, you're such a fool because look, now you're cursed. You've lost your big, beautiful horse and now you have nothing and you're going to live in poverty. And the guy looked at him and he said, "Now hold on. Don't say that I'm cursed. Simply say that my horse is gone. So two weeks, two weeks go by and the guy wakes up in the morning, and his horse is back. <laughs> and not only is it back, it brought with him 10 wild horses. So now all the townspeople go, oh, we were so wrong. You're not cursed. You're blessed. Your horse ran away, and it brought you 10 more horses. Look how blessed you are. And the old woodcutter said, well, well hold on. <laughs> Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't say that I'm blessed. Just say my horse came back, and now I have 10 more. <laughs> and so the people are like, oh, Okay. And so then he had one son, and the son was training the wild horses. And while he was training one of them, it bucked him off. He fell down and broke both his legs. The townspeople come in, yeah, you're You're cursed. Because he's the only son you have that can help you at all to work on this farm, and now he's useless, and you're going to go into poverty. And the guy said, come on, you guys, don't say that I'm cursed. Just say my son fell and broke his legs. And then shortly after that, the neighboring country declared war. Strong, powerful country. And so all the people's sons had to go to war. And the townspeople came to him and they said, you're right, we're so sorry, old man. You're blessed and we're cursed. All of our sons are gonna go off to war and they'll probably be killed, but your son, because he broke his legs, gets to stay home. And this is what the guy finally says. He goes, it is impossible to talk to you. (laughs) You always draw conclusions No one knows. Say only this your sons had to go to war, and mine did not. No one knows if it is a blessing or a curse. No one is wise enough to know. Only God knows. When something happens in your life, if it's wonderful, is all of a sudden, is, is because a circumstance happened, all of a sudden, now God's good. And then when the negative circumstance happened, now all of a sudden, God's bad. And then something good happens, and now God's good again. And then something bad happens, and now God's not good again. And, because here's what Jesus said. In me, you will have peace. I do not give to you as the world gives. My peace I give you. You guys, the world's peace is completely circumstantial. It's based on whether things are going good or not. And this woodcutter got it. We don't know. This just happened. And what you can do, what the scriptures tell us, is when you're anxious about something, think about what is true. Susie helped me with this, my wife, years ago. Don't think about what might be, because is that true? Is that true? There's no truth in that. It's all assumption. And again, 90% of that never actually comes true. And yet we live paralyzed lives because we're caught up in fear. The peace, you guys, of the world is circumstantial. And here's what's interesting. And this is why God says, let me come as the prince, as the ruler of peace. Because if you put your hope in anything else, Everything else in this life you can lose. And I want you to think for a moment. What are you anxious about? And what are you you fearful about? I bet you any money it's because you can lose something. And the Prince of Peace, you cannot lose. So when he's on the throne no matter if you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you know you have a God who loves you, you know you have an eternity that is secure for you, and you know that he will be with you and walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. Merry Christmas. Emmanuel, God is with you. The Prince of Peace is near, right here. And that's what he offers us. And I hope for all of us today. In fact, let's close. Here's how we're gonna close. Band, come on up. Pull out your candles, everybody, that you you got on your way in here. And here's what I want you to do. In the very beginning, right, we pulled open this beautiful verse. I'm gonna read the prophecy of Zechariah again. It says, because of the tender mercy of God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our paths, our feet into the path of peace. I'd love for you to just picture what is it that you're anxious about? And here's what we're gonna do. We're going to do a physical demonstration of what Jesus says can happen to your heart spiritually. And I'm going to light this thing. As Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And if you trust in me, then I can be the prince. I can be the ruler in your life and I can offer you peace. And I'm gonna light a couple candles here in the front and then you guys just start spreading it around, right? Just turn around and spread this light around. And I just want, like, eventually this whole room that's dark right now will eventually, like the dawn, start to come to light. And that is the hope of Christ coming in to rule in your life. To get rid of your sin that's causing you to say, no, God to get rid of the sin, to humble yourself before God, and to let him come in and rule. And you'll find that his rule is one of peace for you. So let's do this together. About two or three weeks ago, when I was thinking about this message, there's a song that I've listened to over and over and over again. <laughs> Many times in the dark when I just need to get to a place of my heart trusting Jesus one more time. And as the candles get through and lit to the back, eventually Mike's going to lead us in this beautiful song called Hold Me Jesus. And I'd love for you just to sit there and listen to it, soak it in, and help make it your own prayer that Jesus might be your Prince of Peace this Christmas season.
0: Well, sometimes my life just don't make sense at all When the mountains look so big and my faith just seems so small So the whole Cause I'm shaking light. is on my
1: dad home is he home are you shaking like a leaf because right now you're out there on your own or do you have an almighty God wonderful counselor everlasting father who's with you because I know when that becomes real you guys just as my kids fear dissipates when my presence is with them Jesus, the prince of peace and his presence will dissipate your fear and it's yours for any of us in this room who want to say come come home God, come on in I'm done I'm done trying to control things I'm done saying no to you I'm done with my sin Jesus, you came to save me, and I want to receive your forgiveness. Take my sin away. Give me a new heart that will actually rely on you, trust in you, and follow you. And when that happens, it's peace.